All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? It's going well here. And hi, Colin. We have a guest. Colin, say hello. Hi, everyone. Now, Thanks for being uh, on the show, man. Yes, thank you for joining us. Colin, uh, like me, is a transplant to Iowa. Uh, Colin came from, uh, is it Japan or Spain? I forget. Um, Ireland by way of Japan and Spain, I think. Ireland. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know that. I always it's thought you were Scottish Spirit or Airlines. something. Airlines. you got to take a million transfer flights. It and they is. Charge it's you cheaper like... that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, Colin and I, uh, we've known each other for several years. Uh, Jake knows Colin. Uh, we, we all... Uh, Colin is sort of, I'm not sure how to describe this, we'll get into it, uh, was or is on hiatus a very, very, very funny, uh, intelligent political comedian. And then I got to hang out with him last week and was told by Colin that he's not really doing comedy much right now. And not only that, but as I just said, he was a basically politically oriented comedian um, I, I would say that, Colin, you probably watched the news and then sort of focused on hypocrisy and then cut it through it like a laser, but you did something that I found fascinating for the sake of your mental health. You have turned off all media, uh, basically. You don't follow the news. You aren't paying attention to what's going on with the presidency. You just, you've decided to tune out. Um, is that, am I describing that well? If I... If I would, if I if I could vote, which I can't, I would be completely uneducated voter at this point, and it feels great. So basically, you're becoming an American. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, and it, it is, and it's. Um, I suppose it was. Uh, I didn't see the results of the last election coming at all. Um, no, and, I, I didn't either, very, man. I wasn't worried yeah. about it until roughly Ohio, the night of the yeah. election. Uh, I was, I well, was so like, this is going to be a landslide. And it's funny because Jake and I were talking up leading to it, and I kept telling him, I'm like, I don't know. I think Hillary will probably do it in a squeaker. And Jake's yeah. like, no, no, it, you know, she's got it. And, and then I'm just like, yeah, see, fuck. You know, like, it's funny to hear people say they never saw it coming because I just, I, I could see the dumb fuckery well, that is the American voter just being <laughs> angry and stupid and fearful and, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, I was like, I had auto, I was, I was at the point before the election where I had auto updates from you know, uh, 538 with Nate Silver uh, for yeah, districts. Fuck him. Fuck him. And yeah, he's, I he know. Just, yeah. He <laughs> botched that fucking thing. I, Never trusting I know, him but, again. But again, it was like, <clears throat> of course, intuitively and retrospectively, it was going to happen. Like you had what was kind of a perceived competent but untrustworthy bureaucrat running against an entertaining an entertaining car crash. And, like, the entertaining car crash was always going to win in America. You know what I mean? Like, the, not to say in the next election, <clears throat> in the next election, that, like, there's someone more interesting might come along. Because the other thing with Americans is they seem to get bored very quickly of stuff. So there's the possibility that this will all be done in a little while. But well, I think the boredness the... had a lot to do with it, man. Because you have, you have mm-hmm. one party that was in for eight years. And yeah. so that's just sort of the way a two-party pendulum goes is while the other party's in... One party is going to promise the moon and the stars, and they're going to say every problem with the universe is this other party. And then after eight years of them being in, of course, it's yeah. not fixed because you're not voting on a dictator. You're just voting on a president, you know? And so they're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to vote for the other guy, but I'm going to stay home and watch Netflix because they feel like it doesn't matter, you know? And that's what happened. 
We already saw that in 2000. Like, we just came off this great Bill Clinton run, and somehow the country looked at that and said, yeah, everything's awesome, and, you know, unemployment is down, and the economy's doing great. Let's vote for this idiot who bankrupted every single company he ever ran, (laughs) and then he bankrupted America. So that was an interesting twist right there. Although the Supreme Court really got into that. We, we don't have to go into election 2000. I'm just saying enough no. people were swayed by the idea of, sure, everything's great right now, but fuck it. We want our guy because we're stupid. But there's a complete lack of substance in every single debate. Like in every, every like it, it, it's, and it, it's been, it's so like a pro wrestling match now, or pro wrestling promos at this stage, that it's it, like the debates itself and the sensationalism around them. It was ludicrous that it was taking so much of an interest in it, really. Like, you know, and it is more like uh, the. It's more like, and I don't mean like a king, like in the days where kings got to do stuff. It's more like a king in the British sense at the moment. Like you're, you're it's like kind of a monarchic, nearly structure, like where it's it's kind of a representative of the country that's being elected because everything is so log jammed with different types of bureaucracies that it's actually hard to kind of make huge amounts of actual change. You know what I mean? They can, you know, they can do things like the tax right. code and things like that, but everything else gets log jammed up in federal. So it's kind of like you are electing a ceremonial king, but there's a lot in that because you're de- dealing with the whole kind of psyche of the nation. And, and how well the psyche of the nation is. I, f- I read a statistic today and I thought it was absolutely mind-blowing. So when, ele- when Obama uh, got elected, the sales of guns, guns went up massively, absolutely massively. Like in the whole way through the eight years, they were like record-breaking stocks for all of the gun companies. Right, because and the NRA Trump, sold yeah. the lie, he's going to come take your guns away from... Absolutely. And so, right, and even when, though he did not say he was going to do any of that. No, right. no. And, and when as Trump everyone knows, elected, gun sales have been down since Trump got they've elected. They've been down. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I think it's what Remington is is it might go bankrupt soon. I mean, yeah, it's insane. Absolutely. They're like a huge, huge old school American gun manufacturer, and they're 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 going out the going out the the window. They're going out absolutely. The and the reverse was the reverse was true when Trump got elected. Uh, Headspace and Calm meditation apps went through record breaking sales figures the day of the inauguration and the day after the election. So I don't think I'm 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 the only person who just started to try and uh, deal with the Trump presidency and everything that it entailed and everything that it kind of exemplified by kind of going on a kind of spiritual internal journey of just putting my head in the sand like an ostrich and doing meditation, journaling, things like that, and um. It's much better, you know, because I was letting kind of political stuff um, uh, take way too big of a role in my life. Like the um, one of the uh, aspects of that, I think, is when you're when when you're doing political comedy, it's very hard not to take a side. I think it's really hard to stay balanced if you're doing purely political comedy because you obviously have to care about the stuff to write That's jokes true. about it. Yeah. So, so if you're concentrating purely in that range, it's kind of and in order to be realistic, you have to come across as passionate in some level. So you have to retain a level of passion, which is kind of it, it's difficult to do it from a middle spot at times um, because it can be come across at times as wishy washy. Uh, not not for everyone, but like you know, for 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 definitely how I would feel about talking about politics, um, it was always something I was really passionate about. So it's, this isn't just when I was in America; when I was in Ireland as well, I, I used to really care a lot. And and again, just realization of how much can I actually do about any of this stuff? And the answer is very little. So why am I spending as much time as I'm spending stressing about things that are really nothing to do with me? Yeah, that's true, man. And I mean, I found that a lot of comedy at least at least here in new york since trump got mm-hmm. elected has really been uh, boring when it comes to yeah. talking about trump because they'll just sit there and talk about how much they don't like trump with no punchlines no mm-hmm. no clever angles no just, point of view 
Yes, yes. Yeah. It well, it'll be the same point of view as everybody else, and so they're they're mm-hmm. going for the. Uh, the, the, well, Trump the, the sucks isn't a point of not, view. It's no, just a, no. Yeah. Well, it's it's an opinion. They're they're yeah. they're having the same opinion as basically every other comic here and everybody in the crowd. So they get an easy applause for shitting on him. Yeah, maybe even get some easy chuckles. But it's 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 not that original. It's not that good. In fact, the few times that I hear somebody go on stage and defend Trump. I, I'm happy. I'm, like, excited because yeah. I'm like, well, at least it'll be a different angle. <laughs> but it's going to be but, different than the last like, 20 guys I heard. Yeah, and it's like Trump wasn't elected to because of any policy claims. He was simply elected to annoy liberals. Like, that's, yeah. that was really – that's the only – that was the main thing. He he re, They realized, like, even if you can see how delighted people who voted for Trump are now, it's like, look at these liberals' heads explode. And they're right. They oh, yeah. Literally, they, they basically got, like, kind of a, um, an algorithm – to basically destroy the mental health of every liberal in America, and it was Donald Trump. It oh, was yeah. everything that liberals hate, and it was that's why it was ingenious about it, and that's why he's fulfilling every single campaign pro- pro- like uh, promise. All he basically, all he, ba- all, all that seems to be the main thing that they wanted was we don't want Hillary Clinton, and we want someone who will annoy the people who keep on telling us that we're racist. Oh, so yeah. they want to mess with us. This is what they're going to get. Right in the primaries, his campaign slogan basically should have been. Liberals hate me more than anyone else on the stage. Exactly. Don't worry about anything else. They hate me more than anyone Absolutely. else. That's all you need to know. I, I'm i going to disagree because I don't think liberals hated him until he got in power. Like, before he got in power, he was a joke. As we were talking about five minutes ago, you guys said you didn't see it coming. It was like yeah. there was nothing to hate. He was yeah, a Yeah, but they hated him more than any other candidate. Ever, ever since he started talking about the... Um, they're not sending us their best and brightest. They're sending yeah. us their criminals and rapists and stuff. When he was talking about Mexico... Every that was everybody on the Yes, yes. That was really what got him in the spotlight and... Everybody on the left hated him more than any other candidate. Mm-hmm. They just didn't think he could get elected. It was right, like exactly. this is this is eventually it was a joke that stopped being funny after. It's like it was like a kind of uh, Rodney Dangerfield comedy that turns into a serial killer movie halfway through. Exactly, it was just really shocking and really jarring. You know, exactly uh, when he actually became a legitimate contender, but like. Yeah, no, I, like, and, and he hit that, he hit that zeitgeist of kind of what will, what will, again, when you, one of the things, again, that, that with American politics is how tribal it is. And it's, it's like literally gotten to the point of just complete, complete vitriol. So people are kind of not picking candidates against their other, or candidates in their best interest. They're picking against weapons against people that they hate. And that's really not very healthy. No, no, it's, it's not at all. Even though it's kind of like you said earlier, they, they don't affect that much at the presidential no. level as far as your day to day life. And that's the way it's always been set up here, you know, because it was like a massive country where, you know, size wise, where people that lived in one part of the country were probably never going to go to the other part of the country. And they had extremely different lives, extremely different views, were never going to see each other. And so they were like, I don't want people in Wyoming affecting my daily life in in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It was just sort of like, I want the local government to have the most power because that's kind of who's here, and then state, and then federal. And, you know, it's shifted a little bit because life has changed drastically since then. But it's it's still basically that way. Your local government controls more of your day-to-day life than the federal people ever will. But as a country, we cannot stop talking about what goes on at the federal level for one second. 
and if you think again with liberals that like the one of the core principles of kind of liberalism in general is kind of protecting vulnerable the vulnerable okay so right. like um immigrants uh you know, whether, whether minorities you know, women, women minorities uh, but yeah gay, those kind of LGBTQ. things lgbtq uh, all those things so that that's what drives liberals then you get someone who unashamedly attacks those things like attacks those kind of protected kind of right. uh, um, th- things on the left, and uh, or those, you know, those people on the left, and well, uh, not just attacks them, them. Yeah, he says that they're the cause of all that's wrong in exactly. your life. It's it's not exactly. just that he says that uh, you know these these gays and these Mexicans are taking your jobs. It's well, I mean that is it. It's 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 not just that gays. Why should gays have special rights? Why should they be protected? They're against the Bible, but. They, you know, the time and resources we send protecting them are the reason America is not great anymore. No, to be so fair, he's he's really for, especially for a, a Republican president, he's not homophobic, really. I mean, he's they've as as a party, they've kind of dropped that one, man. No, he's. Did you see the vice president, Jake? Yeah, he's got he's he, got the the vice president, yeah. But Trump himself, he. I, when, Trump when has is the, been, what is the last thing he said about gay people, man? I, I can't uh, think it's, of it. It's been in the news a couple weeks ago. He's pushing for legislation. He went to that religious gathering, and he's telling them that Christians will be, be protected and have the right to discriminate if they don't want to bake cakes for gay weddings. You know, he went really? this was just a couple weeks shit? ago. He's on yeah. That? He's on that. He said, we are going to protect Christians, your rights as Christians. He's Again, that's what I was just saying, is wow. he's turning Christians into victims. Like, he, he said that Christians are the most persecuted group in America today or some nonsense like that, or even if... I mean, but yeah, he, I've been he's, missing he's, that because yeah, during the campaign, no, especially, he never said anything about gay people, man. It never, it never. No, really came he up. even got a tweet from Caitlyn Jenner recently saying, "You lied to us. You turned on the gay community. Oh, really? And the LGBTQ wow. community? Because he on the campaign, you are right. On the campaign, he was gay friendly. He even said." transgender people can use whatever bathroom they want in Trump Tower. And then the instant he became president, he started signing all the legislation that said discrimination is awesome. And Caitlyn Jenner sent him a tweet, and then Caitlyn Jenner, rightfully so, got blasted on Twitter saying, what did you expect, you stupid, stupid, fucking rotten cunt? Because, you know, she backed Ted Cruz and then Donald Trump. And it's like, you well, can't. especially Ted Cruz. I don't think Ted Cruz. She uh, said he, Ted he, Cruz he, he was a constitutionalist. No. Yeah, but she said Ted Cruz knows the Constitution. And then when Cruz was out, then it was, well, Trump's my backup. But yeah, yeah so he's he's he is turning Christians and white people into victims and telling them that the everyone that doesn't look like you is why your life isn't what you want it to be. And, and that feeds that uh, thing of self-righteousness that people is very intoxicating and people very much enjoy. And on the left, people get for, uh, equally uh, enjoy the self-righteousness of feeling that they're under attack by Trump. You know what I mean? So create, if, if it feels this, uh, tr- feels this tribalism. None of it's very healthy, you know what I mean? Because like there is both sides have uh, an immense amount to offer each other. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, when I was in that, the more I stayed in that kind of tribal zone, when I was involved in politics, the more I found myself identifying with the 
the fact that I was even supporting someone like Hillary Clinton, who I don't really identify with, you know what I mean, as a as someone who I would politically align sure. with in a lot of things. Because, but it was it was it was I was pushed into that tribal thing, of that's where you're that's that's your spearhead for against your enemy, and it was kind of like why am I looking at my next door neighbors as enemies like this kind of idea, and it was just again it was um very different to Ireland where it's very sedate politics over there. Like I said, we've got seven parties, and it's kind of an, a lot of them are go into coalition with each other, and what that means is there's no point in demonizing them because you'll probably be in government with some of those parties and it creates a much sure. more boring stable but kind of civil discourse and they talk a lot more about policies and the arguments are a little bit more nuanced whereas here it's more how can i demonize the other side and again getting caught up in all that when i came over here like i said was really intoxicating at first and really enjoyable and then with comedy it was great because i was like well i can get really angry and right you had about a positive outlet for it and and you were yeah. funny with it too man that's why i'm kind of bummed you said you're not doing comedy <laughs> more i'm like you know there, there's about a million and a half hacks out here that I wish would stop doing comedy tomorrow. And then I hear that like somebody that that, that I always laughed at and looked up to since I started is not doing it anymore. I'm like, what the oh, fuck, thanks, man? Jake. Can't the can't the people doing the shitty Tinder jokes uh, <laughs> bow out gracefully? <laughs> um, I might get back into it, but it'll just I, I, it'll it can't be the same way. Sure. There's no there's no point because that's not it's, it wouldn't be true, and I'd be faking it. I'd be kind of trying to get outraged about the things that I'm largely ambivalent about. You well, know what I mean, and that's but okay. So you said you had to approach it from a point of passion. Um, what is wrong with approaching it from a point of ambivalence if that ambivalence is honesty? Couldn't you then turn it into, and I'm just spitballing here, the idea that um, both sides are equally wrong and I'm just sort of this guy that sees that now so that way you can poke fun at both sides, you know, like the, what you're talking about now. And I want to do say one thing uh, quickly, too, is you, you've mentioned several times for the sake of your health, and you you, you got so deep into it, uh, you gave yourself an ulcer, apparently. Pretty it's, much, yeah. Actually, the ulcers come since I started meditating, which I feel very gypped about. Oh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> it really is. I started um, uh, meditating, reading like John Kabat-Zinn, all these books on mindfulness, and I've been practicing it for nearly six months, and then I went to the doctor last week. Uh, well, I think the problem was I had really bad acid reflux and I tried to meditate my way through it so I still ate pizza <laughs> and then I'd be waking up in the middle of the night with all this acid stuff and I was like oh I just need to go down and, and go to my zen garden in my head I was like there's a little pit of lava in my zen garden it sucks and then uh, it's like, it's it? like then a sex to... addict sleeping with one person and then getting AIDS <laughs> off of a toilet seat while they were like trying on wedding dresses and stuff it really is and, and I went to the doctor and they said to the doctor so is this acid reflux and she said no this is what happens when people have acid reflux and they don't do anything about it for a very long time and I was like ah okay well, that makes sense and I have to give up coffee which I'm not very happy about at all but but in answer to your question Nathan I think the thing the problem is is I'm, I, I still consider myself quite a passionate person it's just where do I divert that I'm not an ambivalent person so like I kind well, I mean, of if, if you were yeah. ambivalent towards politics you could you could talk about it that way or I mean the problem is that I'm trying I've seen you and I know you yeah. and I've known you for years yeah. so I know what you're like on stage and um, you you are passionate, and that's good. Um, you know me on stage. Do I come off as we we're different? Like I am yes, passionate absolutely. about my family, but you don't. Yeah. It's you don't hear an intensity in my voice because I'm not trying to come off as 
passionate about my family. I'm just telling stories. I'm talking. Absolutely. So do yeah. you, now I'm not telling you how to do comedy because you have to be true to yourself. Is that something you could see yourself doing with politics? Where it's like, now I'm, I've take, taken a step back. I'm outside my body and I can speak with genuine ambivalence, but it's still funny about politics in that way. I don't know if that made any sense, but... No, it, it made sense, but no, because I'd still have to pay attention to the whole noise machine then, and, I, and I'm, I'm having such benefits from just not. Like, um, You don't think you could like, watch from a distance? You'd, if you got involved it, again, you'd, you'd get hooked in? Like, so you're, like, you, if you get like back into comedy, it'll be something completely different. You'll have, you'll Absolutely, have to find new... Absolutely, yeah, and that's okay. not something I'm against. Like, I did, like, I did a lecture um, a few weeks ago at a college, and it was, like, brilliant, and I was really funny at it, you know what I mean? And it was um, specific it was uh, to a topic I care about um, I really enjoyed it I spoke for an hour and a half pretty much without cliff notes and, and like kind of riffed a lot in there and it felt much more natural than if I was going up trying to talk about politics because I don't really care anymore and I realise as well how little I really know about politics like you know like and I, 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 I don't consider myself ill read on politics I know a lot about it but you know I used to make loads of jokes about economics I don't really understand economics you know what I mean but I, 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 was, I, I was taking kind of broad things that I'd heard from other people who'd studied this stuff and then kind of making you know and doing my comedy that way and and again it was um I, i'm doing as much reading I'm, I'm doing way more reading and i'm doing reading about stuff that i'm really interested in like you know like and again a lot of stuff about psychology kind of things like that sociology anthropology i like reading all that stuff so it's kind of like if i was doing something in comedy yeah i would like yeah it'd be, it would I, I kind of an idea where i'd go with it but i'm still kind of um figuring that out a little bit myself you know what if I mean? anything um, i would guess that people in general would respond more positively to bits about sociology and anthropology just because uh, doing bits about comedy tends to kind of polarize people anyway. And even the people that are going to agree with you, there's so many comics out there doing isn't it fucked up what Trump is doing bits, you know? It would be, well, no, that's it would why be I more said, original to not I do said, stuff about Trump. I said be original by not doing, you know, like if he's being ambivalent about politics – that could be his his take on the the political comedy is he just you know cuts it right down the center um but I, the the problem here is as as i talk i'm i'm the guy i'm the buddy that's trying to get the alcoholic to take another drink that's what i'm cuz i'm i i want colin on stage talking yeah. politics in some manner even if it's not angry colin talking about sure. bashing trump I just want him speaking because it's so interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm the bad friend that's like, come on, you you know you want to take a shot, you know that that's what I'm doing, and I realize that's wrong of me, but uh, that I uh, that's what I'm act, uh, pushing, and I don't mean to. No, no, I appreciate agenda. it, and, and it's not that I'm against it. It's just like as I said, uh, and I'm very open to it. Like as I said, I'm doing a lot of um, like I said, I'm doing a lot of research as well, just on creativity in general. Like you know what I mean? And it might be that I go back to comedy. You know, it might well be that I go back with a complete, but it'd be a completely new set from start to finish. It would be a completely new kind of way of doing it, and that's a pretty exciting idea. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I, but I don't want to tie myself to it either because that that I would find that limiting at the moment. And like for me, it's again, I'm not trying to turn it into a job. Like I love my job. My job gives me a huge huge amount of satisfaction and I'm getting and, I've, and I, one of the things with comedy is 
Uh, so I work in mental health and part of the thing that you need in that is, is actually quite a lot of optimism. You know, you need quite a lot of like, cause it's a, it's a bit of a grinding job at times, but it's also incredible. So, but you have to kind of be able to um, remove yourself from some cynicism at times and actually take on some kind of ideas about like, you know, kind of hopefulness, uh, the human spirit, those kind of things that are a bit twee in stand-up comedy circles, but like all the same have real relevance. So like I found that comedy would sometimes get in the way of that. Uh, that I would be instead of kind of leaning into kind of like uh, the best that the human spirit could be I'd be sometimes looking at how flawed people are which is is valuable as well because I think we all need to be acceptance but when you're kind of working with people who feel broken it's kind of like hard to um, it's it's hard to kind of uh, hold a space where you're really cynical too I don't know if that makes sense at all but it's kind of like yeah. it was one of my one of the things I really care about was getting in the way of the other thing I really care about and it was kind of an element of what one are you going to choose and like one of them I, well, one of them I get paid you know, like relatively well so it's sure. kind of like sure. uh, that makes sense and, and, and I really love it and care about it as well like you know I'm passionate equally passionate about both and it's kind of like but you kind of go as as you get older, your options run out. They become you have to focus on less things, and that's just normal. Like you have kids, you don't get to do as many things as you like. You you be, you get further into your career. You uh, what you call it. Um you either have to kind of uh, focus on that and less things, and that's where just a spot I think I'm hitting as well at the moment. Well, and you said something else uh, that we can segue into. I'm. <laughs> I don't remember what you said exactly, but it made me go, oh, yeah, there's that other part to Colin, which is that um, you're an atheist that attends church. So you have all these that that blows my mind, too. In a, in a I way. started going for the because, free wine and crackers. I'm fucking broke, dude. I'll take anything <laughs> I can get. And when I say that, uh, the reason I say that it's interesting is because you're not like going there to be belligerent and and heckle you know like you know boo fuck jesus you know you're you're genuinely going to church and and paying attention and enjoying it even though it's you you, you're sort of like yeah well this is this is nonsense but it's fun you know well, and I don't know if I buy it. I don't even know if I buy if it's nonsense. I, I, like, okay, so most of Western civilization is ultimately built on kind of Christianity as a kind of concept, a fundamental concept of our ethical principles. It's fundamental to most of the wisdom that we share. Like the archetypal stories that we watch in movies are kind of based in a lot of ways, and their origins kind of come from Christianity and you know Greek philosophy, things like that. So it's like like Latin. Plus, like the English best drugs I've ever Latin. bought were from guys that looked like Jesus. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> so, um, but the, it's like. The, uh, it, um, the English language comes from Latin and, I, and, I, and uh, so when you break down English words and you want to find their meaning you always find the Latin meaning of it and that helps you understand that so like uh, a lot of the modern society we have is built on older kind of society so the, uh, um, the quote that really got me was a guy by Alan de, de Batain and he wrote a book called uh, God for Atheists or Religion for Atheists I think it was and it was about like the benefits of atheism without necessarily believing in God or anything like that and what he said uh, one of the lines that he said that just really hit me hard was the least interesting thing about God is whether he exists or not. And that kind of stuck with me because it was like, okay, so it doesn't really matter if what exactly I believe. Is there value to this? Is there value in talking about these things? And just this week, okay, so like with the, the, it was one of those things that kind of struck out to me a lot in, in the, with the shooting this week in Florida, um, that there was uh, – everyone jumps back into – Wait a second. How do you know what? about that if you don't follow the news? I, I have a Facebook feed. I, I didn't. I didn't. I know very little about it. I know very little about it. I know it happened. Um, you so can't even read you call, like comments for reviews for 
I, I, I don't know, like a, a T-shirt on Amazon without people about fighting about gun control right now, man. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is. It filters in, like, you know what I mean? I went to, I went to fill up my gas shit. I went to fill up my gas tank the other day, and the news was on at the gas tank on a television, and I was like, how badly do people want to watch television here? It was, um, <laughs> oh, the only, like, I, I get so angry when I end up at those pumps. There yeah. are some that actually have a mute button, and I, when I get one that doesn't oh, have yeah. a mute button, I get pissed. Yeah, absolutely but um so one of the things was okay so everyone jumps into their ideological foxholes this week and i've very little interest in that like because you get into the kind of the, the the standard arguments on the right and the left are on the left is we need to get rid of assault rifles and have better background checks and you know there's some logic to that as well but it's actually the problem's way way worse you know the problem's not that's not even going to touch the problem and then on the right they say things like prayer in schools and again that's the kind of gesture it's not going to make a match make a difference to anything like that so but both are rooted in quite a lot of logic. Like on, on the on the on the left, there's the idea that we live in a culture of violence, that we live in a you know a culture of um, uh, instant celebrity as well. Like there's this kind of idea that like all that, that that life is meaningless and all that matters is how many hits you get on Twitter or whatever like that. And it becomes this idea uh, that's much deeper than gun control, but you know gun control could help a little bit. Uh, but it comes into that that there's no real meaning anymore. And then the right, what the right are saying, I think with prayer in school, like yeah, that sounds really glib and you can make fun of it, but but then the idea of like why don't we do things like meditation in school why don't we do the things of kind of like some sort of moral kind of ethics in schools like you know uh, have kids have some value in life outside of materialism and this is part of the reason why i went back to church was the idea of uh, emile durkheim is a sociologist uh, a french sociologist and he said the, this theory of anime that when you when you lose kind of structure and everything is meaningless that people become and he, he did a study on suicide and it was his study he was saying that because a lot of the reason why people are suicide is because there's no meaning in their life anymore that things fall apart and i think in our culture like it's all well and good that we get rid of things like religion and, and, and again i've read richard dawkins i've read sam harris you know i like to describe myself as a non-practicing atheist at this point but like it, it's all well, well that's, and good that's something jake and i have talked about is we 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 make fun of hardcore like you know um uh, militant atheists that who make Absolutely. it their life goal to shove it in your face i mean i think there's a difference between like you say just sort of a atheist that's like yeah i really don't have a belief um or i don't follow a religion um as opposed to you know we, we've talked about stories on this podcast people that go out of their way to fight uh, someone putting the picture of Jesus on snow plows in South Dakota, where it's like you have too much goddamn time on your hands. And it's missing the point fighting. of everything. It misses yeah. the point of everything. Yeah, I consider myself an agnostic because an agnostic is basically an atheist who doesn't want to get in arguments at cocktail parties exactly. and is not above lying to a woman and saying that he's that religion to try to get late. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to give that up. <laughs> um, I, it was that, but it was that thing of like uh, that anime thing really hit me as well of that thing of like uh, and it was a Nietzsche line as well about like um, when uh, you know God, God is dead is the one that everyone quotes but God is dead and we have killed him he died under our blade but what water can we wash away the blood uh, are we not gods now ourselves now that we've killed him and I like that idea because again it's the idea that like yeah okay you, you get rid of all this ancient tradition and you, it's, again you burn everything down you throw it away then what do you have to replace it with well you have materialism and you have politics and like for now now we've got lots of people who worship 
politics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, and, and, and it's a tribal, religious, spiritual, blind fate way of looking at the world, whether it's left or right, or else they have, um, you know, like kind of uh, put into sports or materialism, things like that. And like religion's better because it, at least it works on a kind of balance of between what is good and evil. What, what is the middle ground on these things? Like, you know, and obviously there's some people who corrupt those messages. To I was just going to say it works people. when you have like a Desmond Tutu who's a good man. It doesn't yeah. work when you have a Jim Baker or a, a Absolutely. Pat Robertson Absolutely. or a Ted yeah. Cruz or a, you know, a Jerry Falwell Absolutely. Jr. Plus, I, and, yeah, and I had my own cult for like two weeks. I, I did really good at the beginning, but then it just got to my head, man. I was banging it, everybody's it, it, wives and it's stuff. It's very tiring. It's fucked up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, our pastor's really good as well. Like, she's she's awesome, and she's like really um, – she she doesn't stay just on the surface level stuff of this is what the Bible said, go and do this. It's very much digging into how does this apply to our you know regular society. And, like, there's very few places where you can have conversations about existentialism at 8.30 on a Sunday morning in, in, in uh, like, rural Iowa. <laughs> and they do that there they have a bible study group and i love it because they'll go in and talk like today they talked about like kind of uh or was last week they talked about like the idea of hell in in life you know what i mean what does hell look like in life that was a conversation for an hour with a load of people that was a really interesting conversation you know uh, it was way better than your garden variety conversation at that time in the morning that you'd get so sure. that's what i like about it all right. Well, I mean, when it comes to the first thing that I ever saw that made me go, all right, this is what I've been thinking. And someone finally, you know, said it in a way that I couldn't articulate is the movie Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks. You made me think of that when you said, you know, uh, what does hell look like in real life? It's that line in the movie like, uh, is there a hell? No, but I understand Los Angeles is getting close. <laughs> you know, you, have you seen Defending Your Life? I have not, no. Oh my god, it's fucking fantastic. But I I that's just what I thought of. Is it's it's a to me that makes more sense than religion. And since you haven't seen it, we can't talk about it, but I, I absolutely recommend Defending Your Life. Do you know I saw how long has it been theater. out? Is it on streaming, do you know? It's 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 from the early nineties. I don't even know oh, wow. if it okay. is of it like it's one of those films that didn't really hit um so it might not even be available on services because they can't make enough money off it they don't sure. care it's just sort of quietly disappeared but it's albert brooks which means you know it's smart um yeah no definitely I, 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 everything he's done i've, I've really enjoyed um but, but it was bringing just bringing it back to the florida shooting then it's kind of well like it's more than gun control and prayers in school it's that people have no meaning in their life and that they get de angry depressed and and they do things because they want they believe that they get so angry at the world that they act out and yeah. i think that's a much deeper problem than do we you know background checks or prayer in school and that's why when i see these kind of conversations on facebook i know where i would have gone a year ago i would have been all over that we need to have you know this this and the other and i'm like now just going i'm actually probably more pessimistic now because i think well how do you deal with the kind of collective loss of kind of a spiritual <laughs> meaning in your life and which a lot of people have and can relate to and uh what you call it and how do you uh how do you replace that it's very hard so it's kind of so again there's no i'm not going to shout at someone because they have a different opinion on me and this it just adds to the noise and the kind of damage that it does yeah that's true man and it's it's like you said it's it's a lot of different things that are are coming together in sort of like a hurricane uh of 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 just mess swirling around causing this and what people like to do since it's a uh since it's a very polarized society we have as a country, it's 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 a, it's a very it's a two party, it's a two sided. Everybody's like, no, it is one thing. 
And if you are not on board with this one thing, then you believe it's the opposite of this one thing. It's a completely different one thing. And so they will pick what their one reason behind all of this craziness is. And, they, and then the other side picks their one reason. So you got guns versus mental health. And they square off, and that's just kind of what goes on in in the news. Or, or the prayer in school thing. The prayer in school thing is the whole thing where it's like I've, I've made fun of that and laughed really right. at it. But like I I would I would as much as background checks matter, I would argue for meditation in schools yeah. for kids to be able to calm down, for kids to be able to kind of sit down and take perspective on what they're doing and to find a deeper meaning. And if that means prayer and meditation, I'll take prayer and meditation. You well, know, I mean? but the, they did a study of that there was an inner city school. Um, where they, instead of having a deten- detention, or back in my day, they called it the cooler where you got a pass, you got kicked out of the room, and you had to go sit in detention. Um, they have morning meditation and or a meditation room. So if a kid is getting out of control, they don't punish him per se. They have someone that is able to deal with um, emotional turbulence and the kid goes to that room and it's like, hey, how you doing? I understand you're acting out. What's going on in your mind? Is everything okay? Let's just sit. Let's just sit and relax. And they say that the instant they implemented that, within several months, like, you know, fights stopped happening in hallways and grades yeah. improved and just everything positive that you would expect. Um, the problem as I see it is you keep saying, yeah, I'd love to have prayer in school or meditation and prayer and blah, blah, blah. The people that push for prayer in school are the same ones that say, you know, I need my religious freedom. It's God's country. And you say, okay, great. Uh, so we have Sharia law here. And they're like, no, fuck them. You know, like they want it their way. And then that bre- the idea breaks down again of, well, we were going to do this thing and call it meditation, but you had to call it. And then you be- the debate becomes instead of just doing it now we have to label it then we have to approve of it oh yeah no absolutely and it's the same thing with background checks though you'll get the same response on the other side and it's kind of like neither side can give anything that's the that's the point and everything becomes a zero-sum uh game of kind of chicken and uh nothing gets done you know what i mean and like it's kind of uh you get kind of ridiculous suggestions they like arming teachers like it becomes surreal like uh, oh yeah the arming teachers is is ridiculous and then also they have the thing where they're like well We'll just take veterans and arm them and have them have them guard the schools. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, a couple problems with that. For one thing, if I'm a school shooter, what I'm going to do is I'm going to act like I'm not a school shooter until I get right next to the armed guard, and then he's going to be the first person I school shoot yep. before he realizes school shooting's happening. He's going to hear a loud noise, and he's going to be with the deity of his choosing, and he's going to be like, what the fuck happened? And, and the St. Peter or whoever is going to be like, Oh, um, there was a school shooting. You failed to stop. Yeah, you were the first one. Yeah, you were the. He came up yeah. behind you, and then bang. So that's one problem with that. The other problem with that is, as a veteran, um, you get a wide range of people that you serve with. So, like some of the best people I've ever known in my life, as far as just good people and most competent people, were in the military. However, the least competent and shittiest people I was ever with were also in the military. Like, you get the two extremes in there a lot. So the people that are taking the guard, the shitty school for... I'm going to go out on a limb and say just over a minimum wage. They're not paying a lot for this job. Our shittiest veterans are going to be taking this job. And Yeah, they're not the ones that got hired on somewhere else. It's not the majors, the guys that worked their way up, the captains, the colonels that are, you know, somewhat... Yeah. You're not getting Plus a retired colonel to sit in an elementary school while some 
some some kid with a backwards hat and his pants hanging off his ass talk shit to him. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not going to happen. It's going to happen to the shittiest veterans we have, and it's going to seem like a great idea for about a week and a half before one of those guys freaks out, has a little flashback, or just fucking gets <laughs> mad. You know what I mean? Thinks a kid yep. had, a, had a wire sticking out of his pocket, plugs some unarmed kid... And it's it's going to be twice as bad as yeah that's that's the most ridiculous thing and then all oh, this armed teachers, teachers are not big gun nuts man I don't know how many teachers you've ever met but they my, they're my not. wife's a teacher she's yeah. she really doesn't want they to aren't go into this no. they're, you no. don't have teachers clamoring to have you don't the teachers using this and going arm us arm us and and going back to what you said about veterans uh, and and bringing more guns the the best thing I saw online. Um, I have two thoughts quickly that I want to, uh, was, was who, what was his name? Chris, Kyle, the American sniper, you know who I'm oh, talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Chris uh-huh. um, yeah. There was this whole thing. Oh, I'm going to cure PTSD by taking mentally ill people to shooting ranges. What could possibly go wrong with that? Yep. And exactly. Bang. You talk about a guy that had guns, he was armed, he had guns on him and he still got shot. You know, right, because like, if you're yeah. the first one to get shot, you don't know there's a shooting yet until you're dead. <laughs> yep. And the other thing I was going to say is, uh, Colin, you talked about the, the fights on Facebook. I started a huge fight on my Facebook page. And it's funny because I started it. All I did was post a joke, uh, not even some, anything I wrote. Like I just found something funny that made me laugh. I posted it and went on with my life. And the next thing I knew, it blew up. And I just sort of watched from afar as the two sides squared off and just started fighting. And I, I had the side I agreed with. And I I basically popped in like once or twice and went, all right, well, this is silly. And, you know, like made fun of a friend of mine that I knew could take me making fun of him. But otherwise, I mean, it just kept going and going and going. And I'm like, huh, all right, well, I'm I'm not taking place, but you, you guys have fun. <laughs> Uh, and I think we're just we're we're, inher- we're inherently tribal, and that's where it happens. Like our brains yeah. are like if you think about from an evolutionary perspective, the one thing humans have over other uh, other creatures is we evolved in groups. Uh, we evolved much more in co- with communication. Like other obviously other animals do come in, in tribes as well, but we we evolved much more reliant and interdependent in some ways than other animals. Um, just by the nature of the fact that we had to like manage fire, we had to you know hunt the way we had to hunt in packs was it was a little bit different to the way other animals did. So we're wired uh, to 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 uh, do um, to be to be tribal, and that's good in a way, like because it's good for in groups in a way to compete against another group. But when it becomes like a country, and this is where clearly with the Robert Mueller uh, report, which again not something I was looking at, but came up my Facebook feed where uh, it said the um that it was like clearly they were trying to hit the fault lines uh, of these of these divides uh, yeah. and that's what that was what was targeted so these fault lines are there and they're being exploited by lots of people internally and externally because it um it benefits them whether it's financially where you've got like kind of things like fox news or you know uh, like they they benefit financially from this so they're not going to stop or then you have foreign powers who are investing in this as well uh who well, right have, it's, uh, it's uh, so yeah. much more interesting because they mm-hmm. drive on ratings they drive on getting paid ad money for having eyeballs on the screen and having just a calm guy reading the news is not nearly as sexy as the channel right next to you if they're jumping up and down screaming that the world's going to end you know and it's bad right. for the economy because if people aren't stressed, they're not going to buy stupid shit. Right. Yeah, Jake, did you see that report? The 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 new yeah yeah it's, that basically it's fascinating. Like because yeah. after the Democratic and after Hillary got the nod, it wasn't just that the Russians were promoting Trump. As soon as Hillary was the official nominee, and maybe even a little before, 
the Russians started promoting Bernie Sanders and Jill Stein, even yeah. though neither well, one of them had a chance. They were, yeah, they yeah. were not only were they pushing Republicans to vote Trump, they were absolutely they even did a fracturing rally too. They did like a weird pro-Hillary rally thing. I didn't hear that, but they were they were fracturing the Dems like they they wanted to make sure that you know people that were angry that Bernie bots were yeah. like gonna take their vote over to Jill Stein or write in Bernie like they all got fucking played it's it's amazing because they 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 latched onto their person and then when Hillary got it they they couldn't let go and the the Russians just kept stoking that just kept poking at him with hey what happened to Bernie Bernie was treated unfairly huh look at this look what yeah. happened well, well I would say like it, sorry Glenn Jack I, I I'm just saying like I don't think that the Trump administration might have, might have known that was going on. What I think no, it is, no. is it's, it's a huge embarrassment to them because he was obviously the guy they wanted in because they clearly want in who's going to be bad for us. Right. <laughs> and and, and yes. it's him, you know? Absolutely. I think that's the, 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 the investigation, as I've been hearing it, is taking a turn that no one's talking about. Everyone's talking about collusion. Did the Trump organization collude right. with Russia? And that, to me, is ridiculous because I'm like, if they're doing that, they don't need to contact the Trump administration. They don't, they don't need to get a hold of him about anything. Right. But what it's become is obstruction. Because he's been, fi- you know, he fired Comey right. and he's lied about, you know, every, just the whole. So, like, everybody's talking about, ooh, collusion. That might not be the case. It'll be interesting to see if what it comes back. Like Whitewater for Bill Clinton. Whitewater I mean, was literally, oh, this real estate deal, this real estate deal, this real estate right. deal. this re- Oh, blowjob. Because they couldn't find anything on the real estate, it became blowjob. Or That's Watergate, what, man. That happened at, at a much lower level than Nixon. It's just that he did so much to fucking cover it up. Exactly. That it, was, it was the cover-up that took him down. And that might be the same case with this. Right. It goes from it wasn't collusion. And if if Trump had just shut the fuck up and and let the investigation go, it might have been clean. But once he started trying to, you know, demanding Comey, give him loyalty and firing and talking about Jeff Sessions. Right. That to me is the most disturbing part about this whole Russia thing, you know? Yeah. Not the whole, oh, Russia was making crazy memes and and, and weird rallies that only people that agreed with those rallies would have been into in the first place. You're not going to convince me that Russia was the only people um, making it to where people didn't like Hillary Clinton. That's just an insane thing to think. But um, They were just trying to make sure to turn out the vote. Yeah, they just... Or or just to create chaos. Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. And and that's the scary thing because there's no I don't see how this gets fixed because it works. These, yeah, they created yeah, chaos and absolutely. it worked. And if you want to kind of bring down like uh, bring down a huge country, this is an amazing way of doing it because I I think a lot of people now in America are more angry at uh, people on the other side of the political spectrum than anyone from a different country. Oh yeah, like you've seen the, you, and you this, know, so and that's 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 dangerous. This goes well, back you, to what I was telling Jake ago. before we started recording. This is what Jake and I were talking. He was, he was uh, listeners that listen to us regularly know this. Uh, Jake and I were talking movies before recording. He was shitting on comic book movies again. Jake, watch Captain America: Civil War. That's exactly what this is about. Is the the main character in that? Not the main. The main quote villain in that movie has a quote. He said. An empire that is destroyed by its enemies will rise again. An empire that's destroyed from within 
is done, is finished. And that's what Russia is doing. It's creating, you know, we're turning on ourselves. It's not making Russia the enemy. It's making us angry at one another. I think we're giving them too much credit, man. I don't think they're responsible for that. No, no, now, they're do just I think responsible they're, do for Do I think they're adding yeah. to that? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's not, yeah. you're acting like uh, none of this was going on before Russia got involved. They're not I'm the not one acting like it's fucking, going on. I'm just saying they're uh, a playing this like a, a, a star fiddle. run for president and take a major party and then take the. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Russia, Russia, are, Russia are just fracking on a fault line. Yeah, yeah they're like, just they're playing know, like a fiddle. They they're just you know they they're they're poking. They know that the wound is there, and instead of they're just poking at the wound. It's it, watch watch Captain America: Civil War. It's a fantastic fucking movie. Right. No, but I mean I. Uh, I agree in that it's 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 that big a problem. Now, I I just my only thing is I don't think Russia plays as big a part in um, America being divided and you know not people on the left no, not no, trusting not, their party. No. I don't I don't think they're that big of no the they just capitalized behind. on it. They've capitalized on that. They capitalized it, but I think they do play a big part in it because before this election, would you have had a guy going and shooting up a pizza parlor because he was told that Hillary Clinton was running a pedophile sex ring out of that pizza parlor? Well, now, okay, was that Russia or was that Alex Jones? He's He doesn't seem Russian to me. I think it was both. Alex Jones buys into the Russia bullshit and call, that's what he calls But if real it wasn't news. for Russia, Alex Jones would what? Be a, be a, be a pizza delivery man himself? I, I, think, I don't think I so. think it's worse. I think it's worse than that, Nathan, though, because um, Alex Jones financially benefits from sowing chaos as well. Yes, so right. He, he exactly. doesn't even have to have anything to do with Russia. Well, it, it doesn't just, have to. He, I'm just he, saying he picks yeah. up on Russian stories and buys them Absolutely. and spreads them. That's his thing. I, I think it's completely uncoordinated and what's happening is that, like, as I said, they, that they've obviously seen opportunity within this chaos that was created probably more because of, like, things like Citizens United and uh, just the kind of commercialization of news in the country. Um, that's really kind of the last 20 years and they've just watched those things and now it's kind of like, oh, and then they're fracturi- fracturing through the internet. Uh, people being able to go into their own feedback loops by only getting information that you know suits their biases this is all stuff that people couldn't probably have predicted when the internet came out but now it's just commonplace and it's also kind of just fed into kind of people's also self-important narcissism whereby everyone is feel everyone lives the life of a celebrity on some level now so they all believe that everyone believes that their own views are self-important so it's harder to get people to coalesce so it's like millions of things converging at one time to make this happen it's like and like they said the, the thing with the florida thing is really tra- it's a tragic thing that happens it's a tragic individual moment but it's it's built on such layers and layers and layers of depth and when everyone tries to minimize the argument into such a small thing as you know background checks or prayer in school it totally i think misses the point that this is the, these problems are way bigger right and it's kind of like yeah yeah and i don't know how we get to the point without looking at the broader idea of like kind of uh how how do you kind of get some sort of unity in such a large there hasn't been such a large country um with such you know such a big country that's kind of like um being um um what you call it as kind of uh, um uh, sorry lost train of thought there but it's a, a big country that's kind of uh carried the kind of flag of dominance for 200 years like that you know what i mean as, as america and it's kind of like these things go through turbulence as well and and you hope it makes it out the other side because the alternatives aren't great in the world well yeah that's I, true i mean depends um, on what you depends okay. on what you call not great because china it, well yeah but uh, i was thinking more along the lines of we we may lose superpower status but you know we'll still be uh, along the lines of england or france or you know like we won't become a third world shithole country well 
I don't know because it's so big. It's it's like England and France are smaller countries and they're more adaptable and they can they banded together in the EU, which is fracturing itself now at the moment. Uh, America is a much more unwieldy country. It's it's a big country with lots more. Uh, also in in Europe, there's kind of a center left, center right kind of a coalition. Uh, in America, there is this big, big huge the the. Um, big huge kind of binary choice between one system or one other and like you know kind of the choices are so many are, are infinite and we've drilled them down into two right that's so why like I, American... I really would like to see sometime in my lifetime a, a, a strong third party uh, that's not that's not insane <laughs> yeah um, and right now we don't have either hey so. Ross Perot for, for 2020 let's bring back Ross Perot absolutely he's not man. insane all right, we've been talking for quite a while. We should probably wrap it up. Um, oh, I, I do some... have a quick solution for uh, yes. the background checks. I was going to just I can say make parting thoughts. I, okay, for background checks for, for, for guns, right? So a lot of places don't even want to do background checks, which just seems insane to me. But the places that do, they just check your criminal record, and if something comes up, they'll just go, ah, almost got it, didn't you? Go try to get one elsewhere and then just send you along. Here's what I think we should do. If I ever become dictator, this is what I'm doing. Um, anybody who wants a gun can get them. I'm not going to try to ban assault rifles. Hell, I love those things. But uh, anybody who wants to buy one has to come in the back. We strap them down. We shoot them up with a drug called sodium pentothal. Now, that's a truth <laughs> serum used by the CIA in interrogations. Yeah, we, we all saw them, that in True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, it was the True Lies drug. They shot Arnold Schwarzenegger full of sodium pentothal. We ask him a small series of, of, of multiple-choice questions, the last of which being, on a scale of 1 to 10, how fun do you think it would be to shoot up a room full of unarmed people? Anybody answers more than like a 7, we kill them. <laughs> so you go into that room fully aware that if you get the answer wrong, yeah, if you get it right, you get your gun. If you get it wrong, you're done. Death. I don't, yes. I don't have a problem with that. S seven I'm fine or with above. That. Now, seven or above because room full of unarmed people, eh, I mean, five and below is we should get to live, right? reason I say that is because five or below just means you've, uh, you've been forced to watch way too much reality TV by your girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, do I fantasize about going in that room and strangling all those loud, annoying women with their oversized, gaudy-looking jewelry? Yeah, I think about doing it. I'm not really going to do it. I'm just a five or below. I've been driven to that. Someone watches Real Housewives. I fucking right, hate well, that show. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everyone. Colin, thanks for talking to us. No, no problem. Thanks. Yeah, I would love to awesome. have you on again, only with a clear connection. Listeners won't hear all the static and dropped call because you're recording yourself, but you were cutting out pretty fierce there for a while. So, um, All right. But, but absolutely love to have you back on and, and talk politics, even though you don't follow politics politics because somehow yeah, you made it fascinating be a nice way to find out what's happening <laughs> <laughs> none of it's good all right uh jakevevera.com nathantimmel.com colin doesn't have a website and he's not going to friend you on facebook because he just keeps it for friends and family just to select few people he doesn't use it for the self-promotion bullshit the way the rest of us do so there you go uh jake goodbye colin good night see you later